Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn Podcast. I'm your host today, Ryan Ferran. I've stolen the show from Tommy. Um, he's not here with me today. Um, I'm going to be reviewing the finale of House of the Dragon all by myself, the prequel show to the wonderful Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, wonderful before season seven, at least. So uh, this episode starts off on Dragonstone. But you really weren't going to introduce me. I was just <laughs> waiting to see how long it took you. No, okay. It took you 25 seconds before I was introduced. On this yeah, and that's the best 25 seconds this show has ever had. <laughs> All right. Let's clarify. You weren't part of this show for the longest time. Actually, you've been part of the show more than longer than the show's been around, actually. Like, the, you've been on more episodes than you haven't. That is true at this point. Yeah, we're in the yeah. 60s now. Yeah. You didn't even say welcome back episode 66. Yeah, because it's episode 67. That is true. 67. Yep. You fucking moron. Okay. I'm joking. Hey, I'm sorry. Um, I'd like to introduce uh, my friend and yours, maybe, probably not, Tommy Cresta. Let's give him a round of applause. Nice. All right. Uh, back to it. So Damn, you didn't ask content. me how I'm doing or anything. I, I don't care. Okay, well. I'm joking. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. You're I'm hungry re- and you're thirsty. Can I do anything for you? Can All right, you, good. Can you let me uh, talk? No. All right, talk. Go. Okay, so this episode opens up. Oh, wow, you just take it right from me, huh? I let you do the intro. Whatever, whatever. Fine, fine, you take it. No, no, you take it. No, no, no. Okay, so the episode opens up on Dragonstone, and we are in the main hall where we see... Just Saris. Nope. Luceris? Luceris. God damn it. We Luke. see Luceris putting his hand over Driftmark. Just say Jason Luke. It's so much easier. Okay. <laughs> uh, Luke is running his hand over Driftmark because he has officially been named the heir to Driftmark. And you can see the tension in him because he's really just nervous about taking over a position because he's never yeah. he's never been a ship, much of a boat person before. He talks about how he gets green sick just yeah, he, leaving the harbor. He gets seasick every time, and now he has green to... Green sick. He meant seasick. It's the same shit. And now he has to take control of the largest navy ever. He has to become the lord of the tides. Yeah. He's fucked. <laughs> and then Rhaenyra comes in, and Rhaenyra tells him how not everything goes the way you plan to go. And he's like, but I wasn't as perfect as you. Mm-hmm. And she explains that she wasn't perfect. She was just as scared as he was when she was named the heir. And it's just about learning your piece, learning your part. And eventually, by the time that you do take over, you will be ready. Yeah. I really enjoyed the scene. I ain't nothing. No, I enjoyed it too. Um, it was a great scene between mother and son. And it really sets up what's to come in the rest of this episode. Yeah, kind of gives an emotional background that, you know, we've seen throughout the show since Luke has been a part of it. But adding this scene in the very beginning, it's the first thing that we've seen this week is this mother son duo talking at a, you know, lends a hand to what's going to happen in the rest of the episode. Yeah, like she explains that like she earned her inheritance, like it wasn't just handed to her. Yeah, no one's ever been named. There's never a queen. There Mm -hmm. was back in the olden times on the old island. Yeah, but not in thousands of years. There hasn't been a queen. Mm-hmm. So she's just trying to make him feel better, and I don't know what it is. I said it then, and I'll say it now. She looks amazing in this episode; like she looks gorgeous. They do. I was talking about Rhaenyra. God, whatever. It's the person. I was just trying okay. to help you out. Rhaenyra. They looked amazing as well. They, yeah, I'm just trying to help you out there, yeah, buddy. Thank you. I'm trying to make sure you don't get canceled on me. Thanks. 
can't do this by myself. Yeah, well, no shit. I would just cry every I've time. I've also seen you just attempt four intros. No, I attempted two. The one I started laughing because I just looked over at your face and you started just smiling. And, and then like, Rainy oh. shows up in the main hall. <laughs> well, they tell her that she's here and then she comes in full armor because this episode takes place probably a day after the events of episode nine. Yeah, I'd say they. Time for yeah, her to Rainy get there. To fly over, yeah. Are you, why are you being so quiet this episode? I thought Any, you were... Oh, uh, yeah. but I always talk. Okay. I want you to talk. Battle armor on. She's ready to go. Um, And she basically, she walks in, goes down to Rhaenyra, and she tells Rhaenyra what's going on. She tells her that Aegon has been named king. The Greens have usurped the throne from her. And uh, she basically tells and Rhaenyra. And Viserys also died. Yeah. And yeah, her father's dead. That's pretty important. And this kills Damon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damon is distraught, but it also kills Rhaenyra's child, as we'll see. I mean, she starts having contractions from all this devastating news. All and, the stress. Yeah. So, um, she Rainey's keeps talking, and they immediately Damon is just pissed, which, you know, I think leads into something that has been a very controversial moment for him in further into this episode. But um, yeah, Rainey's goes away, and uh, Rhaenyra has to go up. To the handmaidens and or well, no, midwives, first, midwives, first yeah. they Damon asks her why is she like why are they still alive? You were on your dragon, and yeah. she says, "I have not picked my side of this war, but I've picked my side in this war, but I will not be the one to cast the first kill or something." Yeah, she said she she's saying she says, won't start the war, but yeah, she'll choose her. This sides. isn't her war to start. Yeah, which is basically it, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. That's. It makes the most sense to me because everybody was wondering why she didn't kill him at the end of last episode. Yeah, it's not her war to it's start. Not, yeah, it's not her fight. So I completely understand why she just flew away at the end of that. And I love Dame's line. You look a whore of a queen who mm-hmm. killed my brother and stole my wife's uh, throne. You yeah. let her live. Like yeah. they, Damon got some great lines in this. And then she goes, the greens boy. are coming through you for you, Rhaenyra. Yeah. And then she exits. And yeah, mm-hmm. pretty hype start to the episode. All yep. this in the first nine and a half minutes. Yeah. And then we get uh, Damon circling up all the lords of Dragonstone, the lords that are on Dragonstone at least, and he kind of starts making preparations for war. And he... Um, well, no, first we see Luke and Jace fight. They're like training together. That's intercut with this scene. I was trying to, yeah. Oh, is it? But, yeah, it's a short scene with Damon talking to them. And then we cut to the beach. Luke and Jace are fighting, and then they get called up to go see their mother, who's, you know, Rhaenyra's trying to give birth even the maester says it's way too early this should not be happening and we get another disgusting birth scene it's well then the main line of that whole sequence when luke and jace go up there is that she says no decisions be made without me yeah because as damon's as she's trying to give birth damon's planning out how to defend dragonstone and damon would she she knows for a fact damon is absolutely the type of guy to just take control of this and do whatever he wants. He's I was with Damon this whole episode until he does what we know he does later on. Yeah. I, I was like, you got to, if you know their comfort, you you have to set up a defense. Yeah. But I think that's kind of the point of Damon is like, he is, and he's a great, you know, military leader. I mean, he's, I wouldn't say he's great because. He's very good. He is he's, very good. He's a good. great fighter. Yes. He's not a great strategist. Yeah. He's not a great strategist. He's very, good, he's very, very headstrong, but he knows he's been in war before. He's the only one who's been in war before. He's so he knows. Went he's to war and won a war. Yeah. 
But it's the way he won that is kind of worrying because in that episode, in the Step Zones, all the Valerians say, no, it's uh, Vayman says himself, he's like, Damon is the reason we're losing this war. And then uh, whatever his name, Corliss makes him shut up because Damon walks down. But Damon isn't the greatest leader, but he's a great fighter. So yeah, that's Damon, what Rhaenyra is Damon had about. a death wish. That's why they won this war. Yeah. And that's what Rhaenyra is worrying about is him rushing in head first and getting himself and everyone else killed. And then when uh, Jace take, goes to Damon, Damon's like, I'll show you what true loyalty is. Yeah. And he brings out two of the Kingsguard and he tells him, he's like, who do you serve? And he, they explain that they serve Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. Well, they know they, they swear to Jaehaerys, then Viserys, and now they're going to swear to Rhaenyra. And he pretty much tells them, if you don't want to serve Rhaenyra, you can die right now an honorable death. Yeah. Or you can serve Rhaenyra. But if you start serving her and then lay down your cloak, I will kill you. Yeah. He says you will burn in your armor painfully and it'll be a long, painful death, which you don't want. But we also get a great shot of um, Caraxes right next to Damon, just his head. It's a nice I love they keep making, you know, great shots just showing off the scale of these dragons. Because they're all huge and Caraxes is not even nearly the biggest one. Yeah, because Caraxes is bigger than any of the ones from Game of Thrones. Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah, I think so. But also not Bagar. maybe not as big like weight wise, but length. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well Much. that's also Caraxes' thing, is that yeah. he is like the formed long neck. He's got it's like a lizard. The, yeah, the back wings and stuff. It's it's a deformed dragon, but it's super cool looking either way. But also Vagar is still the biggest dragon, which again, we get to see later in this episode just how big it is. And it is terrifying. But uh moving on to the next And then we go scene. back to the birthing sequence. Yep. And I like this scene because it shows how Rhaenyra doesn't want anyone's help. Mm-hmm. Like, she wants to do this all by herself. Yeah. But I feel like she knows that something's wrong. Absolutely. Because she knows, like, it's way too early. It, like, everybody's saying it's early. It shouldn't be happening. It's just because of the stress and everything that the baby's coming out this early. But it's the fourth birth scene in this show, I think. Because you have fourth. Emma, uh, Lena, Rhaenyra, and... Uh, her first scene and then this yeah. one so yeah fourth. fourth scene overall and this i'm not gonna lie i have to skip it i don't want to watch it again really it really messed me up but it i like how it's intercut with the dragon yeah it kind of shows off that psychic link that the targaryens have with their dragons and she has a stillborn which is horrendous mm-hmm. don't wish that upon anyone especially yeah. not like this yeah and we see the and you see it the yeah which you was see one the, of the most horrific things I've had to watch. Yeah. You see the fetus with the umbilical cord wrapped around its neck. Blah. But it's, and it's it, a little better than what's in the books, though, because that is nasty. Because in the books, the baby comes out, like, scaled with horns and a tail. It's like half devil. dragon. Yeah. So. It's a demon. It's a daemon. Ooh. That, that's that's what's in it in the books. Yeah. That daemon's like the devil. Because he is. He's not a good guy. Yes, he is. He just makes some mistakes. You can die on that hill. I'm not going. I am to. dying on that hill. <laughs> I love Damon. I know you do. Like right here, we're 19 minutes in, and this sequence—it's the funeral for the baby, mm-hmm. and with the fire. You really could have ended the episode here, and I would have been hype. Yeah. <laughs> like I completely forgot that this is this episode. Yeah. No, this scene was great, and we get the—it's a scene just them burning. Uh, the not baby. much dialogue either. No, in that part, you don't get much. And then R comes with the crown. Mm-hmm. And he bends the knee to Rhaenyra. 
and then so does everyone else there except yeah. Rainey's. Yeah. I would like to see months. I would like to see how he stole the crown. It probably wasn't hard. Everyone was there. Well, yeah, but somebody had to have been guarding that crown because he must have taken it. It might not have been on Viserys' body, but it had to have been close. And it's the crown of the king. Well, no, they were going to give it. It was supposed to go to Aegon if he was going to be the king. Yeah, exactly. And then they made the decision to give him the other Exactly. Crown. It's got to be so hard to steal. I feel like it wasn't, though. Like, I he is like, Kingsguard. I don't know. Yeah, he's the Kingsguard, and I feel like everyone was worrying about Aegon at that moment. Would have been neat. Would have been a neat yeah. little but Now sequence. there's two crowns out there, so interesting. And it's a good I, – I like how they um, – And the cinematography in this scene. Yeah, absolutely. So but good. I like how they made this crown of like Aegon the Conqueror's crown. is just kind of black crown. There's room for rubies, which they don't have rubies in this, but in the books there's rubies everywhere you see holes for it. But Viserys' crown, and it's Jaehaerys' crown at first, is the Targaryen symbol in front, but also the symbols of the great houses of Westeros because his whole thing was uniting the kingdom. Yeah. And it's kind of another metaphor for how – you know, Viserys was also all about uniting the kingdom, and now that Aegon kind of usurped it, it's kind of back to being the Conqueror-type Targaryens. Yeah. Which is interesting, because Rhaenyra gets the more peaceful crown, although Rhaenyra isn't exactly peaceful herself, which you don't see in this episode, but next season, shit's going to go down. Yeah. They even said it's going to be a lot less storytelling, a lot more blood. Mm-hmm. HBO already said this is the most this is the most boring ep- season of television they're going to make for the show. Like every season to come, whether it be two, three or four or five, it, they're just going to be nuts. And the it's funny thing to me, I didn't find the season boring at all. No, I didn't either. I found it. I mean, it was slow at parts, but I didn't find yeah, it. It was boring. a slow burn. I didn't yeah. feel like it was, I feel like boring is a bad word. Yeah. But a lot of people have, that is one of the main complaints of the show is that it was very slow, but they already said that it will never be this slow again. So. Yeah, and then we go to Dragons back into the Hall of Dragonstone, and they are planning out how they're going to defend them, what families they can get to side with them. Mm-hmm. And Dame is kind of just watching, like trying to see what Rhaenyra is going to make with her decisions. Yeah. And then you kind of see the whole downside of her taking the throne is that no one really cares at first. Yeah, it's kind of just all her talk. It's everyone keeps cutting her off and giving off their own ideas for what they want to do. Yeah, especially Damon. But I, I love how they um they lit up the table oh, with the, the candles so cool. and stuff. It looked sick. Wait, wasn't it you that said what we're watching? We should just go back to using candles. No, no that, was that was Sean. That was Sean. It was like, oh, so you don't have to pay electric. It's warm. You don't have to pay heating. It's perfect. Oh, yeah, it looked great. It's not wrong. It looks cool. And then they talk about how Riveron was a close friend. Well, Riveron always had a close alliance with Viserys. Mm-hmm. So they want to go try with him. Yep. Is it Bela or Lena that's her cupbearer? I think it's Lena. Lena? The mom's name was Lena. I'm, I'm watching the scene right now, and I'm going to see what the caption So give me a second. She says, wine, my queen. She says, oh, thank you, Lena. It is an R. I you told right. you. You were right. I told you. You corrected me. You made me feel like an idiot while watching it. I she was named after her mom. No, it's Raina and Bela. It is Bela. I knew it was yeah. Bela. So it's Raina is the cupbearer. Raina's yeah. a cupbearer. And yeah. then they, talk, they start so talking about a, there's a Rainies, a Raina. I know. And a that's Rainier. why I said all this, and no one believed me. Sucks. Fuck you guys. Not not you guys listening, Ryan and Sean, who made me feel like an idiot. Sorry, I'm sorry. You're gonna curse out the fans like that? No, I said I'm not cursing out the fans. I'm cursing out you. We all know what you meant. No, I didn't. Um, but then they know. just talk about more of the houses and who will side with them. They then talk about Starks, which was really cool to hear, and I can't wait for everyone to meet the Starks. Yeah. 
because the star character in this is a G, especially yeah. in the books. So I Starks. hope that carries over a little bit. Yeah. Baratheons. Starks, Baratheons, Aarons. We talk about the Lannisters, but the Lannisters will be siding with the Greens. Yeah. Damon also brings up the, some of his gold cloaks who are still loyal to him, which makes sense because that was a big point earlier in the season that the gold cloaks are just loyal to Damon. So he has men inside King's Landing right now, which is important. But yeah, they, they say they can go get the Starks because the Starks are so honorable they wouldn't break a promise. They can get the errands because Emma, Raina's mother, or Rhaenyra's mother, was half Aaron. So yeah. they can get that. And Baratheon, because Rhaenys's parentage is Baratheon. So they all split up to go talk to the grout, talk to the great houses and see whose support they can get. Sorry, I, I was trying to see if I could pause with the space bar. I can. Yeah, you can. Um then we go to outside, back outside of the Stepstones where we're on that massive bridge to go up. Yeah. And Otto's moving forward and Damon's meeting him. And he asks, where is, he's like, where's Princess Rhaenyra? And she shows up on her dragon. Really badass. It's a perfect recreation of episode two. Yeah. It's perfect. I mean, dialogue, the way the scene happens, the same setup, like they're, Damon and Otto are on the same sides and then Rhaenyra Damon flies in on the dragon. The side. Oh, no. I thought, I thought you meant like facing each other. No, like they're on the same side as they yeah, were. Yeah, they were in the last yeah. episode. And Rhaenyra flies in behind Otto again, but this time it's This time she's siding with Damon. Yeah. And she's and trying also, to trap him in. Yeah, and also Damon calls Otto's um, usurper, usurption. I don't know the term. He calls it a mummer's farce, which is exactly what Otto said to yeah. Damon earlier. So, I mean, it's just great scene because it's literally the first scene, but just a different meaning behind it. And then Otto and pretty much that. just tells them we have a deal for you. Your son, you guys can hold your stepstones, and then your other son can still become the Lord of Driftmark. And we'll make this all official mm-hmm. as long as you bend the knee. Yeah. And he says, fuck you. Yeah, Damon's not. Oh, yeah. And then they say the one son can be a cupbearer to Aegon. Yeah. And Damon's like, I would rather feed my children to dragons than yeah. something like that. He's not a great guy. Oh, wait. No. I have the line right here. The king in his good grace will pardon any knight or lord who has conspired against his ascent. It's another auto line. I'd rather feed my sons to the dragons than than have them carry shields and cups for their drunken and <laughs> usper Usurper. c-word of a king. Usurper cunt of a king. Yes, that, gotcha, that, that is the line. I gotcha. Um, he, and then d- he just goes off and says, Aegon has the conqueror's name, the conqueror's sword, the conqueror's crown. His shoes better. His clothes better. <laughs> That's what it seems like he's trying to say. And then he said, and it shows like every bit of legitimacy belongs to Aegon, not yeah. to you. But at the same time, it's it's another one of those things is like every physical meaning of legitimacy, the crown, the, you know, being anointed by a septon, that all happened for Aegon. But the actual law and the oaths that people have made is for Rhaenyra. So it's like... But then he says, "Stale oath will not put you on the throne." Yeah, which is true because a lot of the lords that made that oath are died. probably dead now. Yeah, <laughs> I did love the shot where you can see the stepstones, and it's Damon on the left. Damon on the you're looking at the camera. Damon's on the left, Rhaenyra's on the right, mm-hmm. and it's like that, like like this. And then look up, and dragonstones are all in the background. Yep, I thought it was a really cool shot. That was a cool shot. And they say so much without having to say anything. The way Damon just keeps looking at her, like, "Please don't make the wrong decision here." Yeah. Dragonstone looks so much better in this show than in Game of Thrones. 
The dragons? Dra- no, Dragonstone is a place. Because it, it, it's more important yeah. now. Yeah. It wasn't as important then. Yeah, but it still looks better. Well, yeah. They made it just, they made it awesome. But, but then they passed the paper from the earlier episodes of the show. And it says, the queen doesn't want lost love between you. Mm-hmm. Which is really sad because this is a really important scene. And he's trying to pull at the heartstrings here. I have yeah. a feeling Allison had nothing to do with that piece of paper. No, I don't think so. Especially how Allison's been feeling about Rhaenyra. I don't think. I mean, maybe it was one last attempt to be like, listen, I really don't want to hurt you. Let's just be friends again. Because Allison turned around on Rhaenyra. She wants to be friends with her again. She doesn't want to hurt her. So maybe it was her or maybe it was just Otto, you know, trying to play Rhaenyra. But it was kind of emotional seeing that again from the very first episode. Yeah. And she tore that page out and she's kept it all this time so it's cool and then after this sequence we go back into the hall and they're back to planning and damon's main thing is that we have more dragons yeah and then there's even dragons that no one owns right now that we can go get all stuff and then renee gives a great line when dragons flew to war everything burned and she doesn't want to be she doesn't want to be the queen of a burnt of of ash and dust or something like that Mm mm-hmm She's speaking like your father. She's speaking yeah. like Viserys. And that's why she brings up the Song of Ice and Fire, which she starts telling to Damon, And then Damon chokes her and tells her that his brother Viserys died as a slave to his omens and dreams. And that Damon is not going to go out like that. Damon is done listening to dreams from Targaryens. And he's ready to be a dragon rider. He's ready to fly and burn and kill everyone who stands against them. And he's just, he's really upset with Rhaenyra for taking on the role of a dreamer as a Targaryen, like her father wanted to be. Her father was. Yeah, because he used the line, dreams didn't make us king, dragons did. Yeah, which is the opposite of what Viserys had said earlier. And, like, I'm mad that he did this, because it's not... I wouldn't say it's full character assassination, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, I see where people are coming from. Because you had made him, like, once he got with Rhaenyra, it seemed like he was... Like, they love each other. Like, they genuinely do love each other. Like, I really think Damon loves Rhaenyra. I don't know if love is the right word, but I think he likes her because just to keep every the bloodlines pure and because hey, he, he doesn't wants... doesn't give a fuck about that. I think he does. He went off and fuck, fucking married Lena. Yeah, because he couldn't get it up with Rhaenyra because Rhaenyra started getting all powerful and he was like, I don't like that. He couldn't get up with anyone. Yeah, because they liked it. And then he found Lena and he was like, she's not liking this. This is my girl. You know, and all the writers have been saying we don't know why the internet likes Damon so no, much. Damon, not gonna da- Damon's guy. not a great human being, but I I get like I also see where you're coming from, where it's more like in the moment it was just pure anger. Yeah, I I don't think he would do this normally, but he was just so angry that she's bringing up Viserys's words, who Damon believes was murdered by Allison, and Rhaenyra is bringing up his words and everything that basically got him killed, and so Damon is just lashing out. Really, I don't think it's super out of character but i can definitely see where people are coming from and i'd say it was definitely a lash out moment from damon but he's not like this good righteous character who's going to do everything john snow did this yeah no john snow wouldn't have done this but damon targaryen is he's an ambitious guy and he's only held back by how far his ambition can go and he will stop at nothing to get to his ambition, to get to what he wants. Agreed. So I don't think any of this bad stuff that he's done in this season, including choking Rhaenyra, 
and any of the bad stuff that's going to come in season two and further is out of character. No. I think people are blowing it way out of proportion, making him like he's not a hero. Boyfriend. He's not a hero at all. I wouldn't even call him an anti-hero. I wouldn't call him a villain. I wouldn't call him a villain, but he's not. An he's like the Punisher. I guess he's an anti-hero, but much, much on the darker side. Yes. Like he's not even close to a good guy. But he's not a, a full-on villain. Because yeah. he's doing the right thing, just not the right way. He's doing things sort for the of. right reasons, not the right way. Yeah, he's doing things to to defend and help Rhaenyra. But he's yeah, not it doing is the way he's the, done. Yeah. He's full and nice, yeah. nice hero way. Yeah. And after that, we see Corliss finally, who was not in the last two episodes. Two or three, yeah. Two episodes. Is it two? Because Veyman died. Yeah. And then the next episode. Nine, yeah, he was in. He was in seven. Okay, um, and it's him and Rainey's, and this whole scene is just pretty much explaining how Rainey's is like, you left me. Our son's dead. Our daughter's dead, and you left me for yeah. some foolish adventure in the Stepsons again. Yeah, some war that you just wanted to go off and fight. She's yeah. pissed about it. I mean, I would be pissed too. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. When I was watching, I was like, this is what Brady and Giselle are arguing like. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what it's like right now. That is what it's like. But, Try uh, to go off to Florida and play more football. You were supposed to retire. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. and then he says how I lost everything, and then she corrects him before he can even finish it. He said, we lost everything, Corliss. Yeah. yeah. I do wish, as much as I like seeing Corliss again, I think it would have been cool if he had like some kind of like voice modulation. What like voice modulator did they have back then? No, I don't mean it like that. But if he has like a raspy voice, because he got his throat slit. So him just sounding normal and just having a bandage is like, okay. That like, can happen. It can happen. But I think they it would have been... They didn't cut his vocal cord. He almost died. Yeah, it doesn't mean they had to cut his vocal cord. You have to cut deep to kill somebody who's slit in their throat. No, you don't. You have to cut pretty deep. No, you don't. You're... Well, unless you get the jug like, Yeah, I'm saying that. But if you cut the windpipe, you got to cut. You got you to go hard in the paint. Like you're not, yeah, but you you're still bleed a lot if you get your neck cut. Oh, yeah, it's true. Just like how your face bleeds a lot. Like, your neck up is a very yeah high-pressured area with blood. So yeah. you just bleed a lot. So you could just die from a normal slice, especially in that time period. Yeah, if it's infected and stuff. I think there's going to be a nice scar next season, though. Yeah, I think so, sure. too. But I think it would have been cool if you had, like, a little, a little raspy or something. I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't mean, like, full-on, like, Dark Knight kind of. Crazy, <laughs> yeah. I don't need. I don't need that. Right, Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, we then go back to the hall where Corliss is, and yeah. this whole sequence is just them setting up the that they're gonna have the fight. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. No, this I like this sequence though because the whole the whole time before this is everyone trying to figure out: Do we have Corliss and Rainey's? Do we have the Navy? Do we have Maylis the dragon and Corliss comes down first time anybody's seen him besides Rainey's in a long time and he basically says that yeah we're going to support you and not only are we going to support you but I won in the step zones so I have trade blockades ready for King's Landing which is going to help a lot and so they make plans to cut off trade to King's Landing uh Rainey's is going to fly down there with Maylis and it's going to help the green, the blacks a lot, and it's going to really hurt the greens because they're not going to be able to get food and any supplies. And we saw what happened before in Game of Thrones when they blocked off the trade points to King's Landing. Yeah. And people started, people were starving. They attacked Joffrey. They threw shit at him, literal shit at him. Yeah. They tore that one guy to pieces. Oh, yeah. Remember that? that was I forgot sick. about that. 
Yeah. So they they still have uh they'll still have support coming from Lannisport, but that's all the way in the west. So it's going to yeah, take a long time to get there. But he also has the navy, and the Lannister has the Lannisters have a navy as well, but yeah. it's not the same as yeah. Well, Lannisport is still the biggest port in Westeros, but yeah, I mean like the actual navy on navy fighting. Yeah, it's, no, that's not even close. Yeah, the Valarians have, and they don't have as many much. dragons. The Blacks are set up to win. Yeah, not as, they don't have as many foot soldiers. Yes, but they have. They have the big guns. The greens have the manpower. The blacks have just, yeah, they have they have, they have the big guns, big dragons. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. from here we cut back to the outside part of dragon. If for everyone, this whole episode takes place on dragons. Dragons are almost fully. Yeah. After this, we are back outside, and it's Luke, Jace, and Rhaenyra, and she's explained that they this is their time to be princes. Like they have to do their jobs. Yeah. They have to fly to the different houses and figure out like will you guys kneel with us? Like do you still hold your oath? Yeah. And they said there will be no fighting. Yes. Like this must be a peaceful moment. Yep. And yep. so where, where are they sending what's his name? Luke is going to the Stormlands to go meet with the Baratheons. Jace is going to the north. He's going to meet, to the, meet Starks. With the Starks, and he's also supposed to go to the Eyrie to meet with the yeah. Arons. Yeah, the Eyrie. I, that was the one I couldn't think of. Yeah, the Eyrie. So, so, but she, yeah, she makes them swear over the. I don't know. It's not a Bible, it's, but it's whatever. It's the Bible back the then. Yeah, for the the Faith it's, is Seven. Yeah, she makes them swear to not fight at all, which is a smart move because they they really can't if they want to get support from these houses. And then she sends them off. And we see another part from Luke here where he... Well, first, we see Damon. Oh, yeah. We see Damon go into the dragon pit. Well, I was going to say before that, we see Luke, another before he leaves, he says, Jace sells his mom. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go, my queen. And then Luke still calls him, still calls her mother, showing that he's still just a kid. Like, he's 14. He's and he's got to go off to the Stormlands to meet the scary, illiterate Baratheon dude and ask him for help. He is no, he's shitting his pants. But then we see um, the three of them fly away. We see Melis, Rx, and whatever. I don't know Jace's dragon's name. But we see them fly away. We can see very clearly that Rx, Luke's dragon, is still very, very young, very small. Yeah. It's much smaller than Melis, especially. So Then we go to the dragon pit. Yeah. Damon has a specific little dragon waiting down there for him. And that dragon is massive. Yeah. I forget the name of the dragon. It's its nickname is the Bronze Fury. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's a that major a, factor in season two. Yeah. It's the second oldest and therefore second biggest dragon behind Vagar. It was um It's Jaharis very close to Vagar as well. Like it's yeah. very no, it's close, close in size. Yeah. It was Jaehaerys's dragon, which is funny because he was so peaceful, but the bronze fiery was his dragon. But also we get an iconic shot. It was the trailer shot, too, of him in front of Damon just lighting up the room in front of him. Looks so good. It looks so good. But and also the design. When he, oh, dude, when he first comes out and the bottom jaw is, like, shaking around, it was – that dragon is terrifying. All the teeth are mangled Mangling. around. Oh, yeah. my God. looks awesome. I mean, this this whole show's looked amazing. That's yeah, it's been the best part of it. The like, there's certain CGI shots that you can tell they were like, okay, we're not going to waste our main budget on this. Yeah, but then there's like that shot. This whole final episode was incredible CGI. Yes, I didn't see a single fault in it. This Neither episode. did I. I did not. I can't think of one. Uh, and then now we're with the Baratheons. Yeah, little 
Little boy, old Luke. Yeah, Luke's with the Brathians. Yeah, Luke's with the Brathians, and he lands his dra- little old dragon. He gets out, and he starts walking over. It's a massive storm going on. And then he hears some crunching. Looks over to his left, lightning strikes, and there's big old Vagar mm-hmm. looking like Godzilla in this sequence. It It's literally, it's the shot from Jurassic Park with the T-Rex when it, it first really comes is. out. It's it, it's that exact shot, and I love it. Vagar's, it's so cool. Vagar's so scary. Dude, it's so big. So then that shows that Eamon is there already. Mm-hmm. Goes inside. Has a talk with the Brathians. Brathians do not want to side with him. Yeah. Brathian also doesn't know how to read, so you see the maester up there. Yeah. Which is always funny. <laughs> it is always funny. <laughs> but then he's, they send a marriage request. Yeah. Like, Eamon and the Greens have marriage requests for him. Mm-hmm. They're giving them peace and, like, all the stuff. Yeah. And all Luke has is saying, you bent the knee before, why aren't you bending it again? Yeah. And he Luke can't has, marry because he's already married. Yeah. He's already betrothed. He's betrothed. Yeah. yeah, Luke has nothing to offer, whereas Eamon has... Everything. I mean, yeah, he has tons to offer. He has everything in the kingdom. He has himself as a husband to one of the Baratheon's daughters. And yeah, and that'll just, that'll last generations. That one marriage pact will last for a very long time. So he absolutely takes Eamon's offer over Luke's. He tells Luke to hit the hay, basically. But before they can get there, Eamon stops Luke from leaving and he tells him that he still owes a debt. He's like, I don't want to fight you. Yes. I just want an eye. Yep. He throws him the dagger. Throws him the dagger. Just cut out your eye. He's and like, Luke's no, like, bitch. what? No. He's like, I'm not getting my eye out for you. Yeah. How? <laughs> so then he takes off running. He gets onto his dragon. Well, he's attempting to get on the dragon, but then realizes that Vagar's already gone. Yep. Which, like, as cool as that was, and it was so cool seeing Vagar gone already, how did Eamon get out there so fast? I mean, he could have just ran out to the right because it looks like Vagar's closer. Yeah, but Luke just started sprinting away. He was like, that motherfucker was going to cut out my eye. I got to get out of here. Maybe he's not very fast. I don't know. I just imagine the, like, um, Wile E. Coyote, like the little noise. When his feet, when his feet are spinning real fast. And pew, you yeah. Know? That'd be funny. <laughs> Maybe the Sapphire gives him special powers. You know? Shut so, up. <laughs> that looks so cool, though. It does look awesome. I love it. And then I love how that's his little uh, symbol in the intro, too. Yeah. Yeah, Sapphire. It was cool. Yeah. But as um Luke runs out in the storm, it's the Stormlands, so the storm's just crazy. They set it up a little bit with um Luke having to calm down Arax and him basically saying, like, you have to serve me. He's still he's still in training as far as dragon riding goes. So he still has to tell Arax to calm down and serve him and follow his orders. And he gets on dragon back and starts taking off. And um it's it's rainy. It's a lot Cloudy, of lightning. There's lightning. But that is not the worst thing that's coming. Yeah, it's not the worst thing that's happening right now. Yeah. So he just he's just flying. Around. I mean, it's like a two minute sequence where you don't see anything. Yep. And all of a sudden, it's like a shot from below, and you look up, and Vagar flies over him. He's so big. And this, Vagar is massive. This might be my favorite shot scene of the entire uh, season so far. This was my favorite scene of the whole season. Just because of how scary, how much tension, how terrifying it was. Uh, not as much once it got to the the light, like once they break through. I like the storm portion more. Well, yeah, but the light was the very end. Yeah, and that you know, there's only like ten seconds of that. But Ooh, ten seconds, dude. Vagar is terrifying though. Yeah, I love. It. I like you had a good idea of rewatching. I'm watching as we're talking about too now. Yeah, go to the light. There's like ten seconds of it. 
Well, I'm watching the whole sequence right now. Right. But uh, you hear him talking to his dragon like quickly turn, like you have to keep moving. Yeah. Which again, following your point, where it doesn't, he doesn't fully have control of his dragon. Yeah. Well, also, he's playing. He's Luke is being very, very smart. He's playing to his strengths because RX is much smaller than Vagar, so he has the maneuverability, but. He might be a little faster if he's like fully flapping his wings, but Vagar. Oh, Vagar is, is like, no, Vagar is faster. Vagar can move. Vagar can move, but I mean, Vagar's keeping up with him. Vagar just can't go in that yeah. tiny little. Vagar's like a hippo. It's the most dangerous animal in the world. But if you go in circles, it's not really going to catch you. You know, yeah. you just zigzag. You're good. Dude, that shot from looking up from the cavern. Oh, dude, it's awesome. And seeing Vagar fly over. It's huge, dude. Yeah, but then RX flies up. Gives Vagar a nice little love tap on the neck, and uh, you hear both of them, Aemon and Luke, just start screaming like, "No, no, no! You have to serve me. Don't do your own thing." But you see, the dragons are just—they are wild animals. They're predators. They're not. Men oh, shit, it is only like ten seconds. We're yeah. on the light. I just realized that. Yeah, it, I think it seemed a lot slower when I was watching. Yeah. But yeah, then he starts yelling like, "Vagar, no, 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 Vagar!" Yeah. Because serve me. It's very hard to control Vagar. Yeah. And then uh, it's got. I kind of took it as like the the Elder Wand in Harry Potter. Like they can use it, but doesn't have. They can't have full control of it. Is that how it works? Yeah, I don't know. It like cracks when you use it. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Like that's how I kind of took it. Gotcha. All right. And then he. Oh, God damn! <laughs> I just watched it happen again. It's and uh, finally, Luke gets out of the clouds. He's into the sun, and he like looks around. He feels all peaceful. And Vagar comes out of the clouds and eats him and his dragon. Dude, Luke was dead on impact. That kid did not even, he didn't feel anything. The force of that dragon coming at you and just with those big smelly Wait, chompers. I want to watch that again. Dude, it's terrifying. Yeah. But Eamon immediately is just, I don't know if I'd say remorseful as much as Oh, he no, is he, terrified. he's terrified. He is genuinely scared. Yeah. Because he Actually, I feel like he is pretty remorseful. I don't think he wanted to kill him. I don't think he wanted to kill him, but I don't think he's remorseful as in like, oh no, he's dead. I think he's more remorse like I think he's more remorseful like, oh no, he's dead. What's that gonna mean for me? Instead of oh no, he's dead. I feel bad for him. I don't think he feels bad for killing him. Yeah. Then I then think he's just like, fuck, that's gonna really fuck things up for us. And then the next scene has no dialogue whatsoever. Yeah. It's just a nice slow pace. Like this kind of slow mo is cool. Mm-hmm. It's not like super slow mo, but it's like slow enough. Yeah, and it gives you time to kind of calm down. Yeah, calm down from seeing the craziest thing in the entire season so far, and get back into the scene while Damon reads to Rhaenyra what happened. And yeah, get- Damon comes in, and it's in the front of a full room, and you can see Rhaenyra's watching him. Mm-hmm. She knows something bad is coming, but she has no idea how bad it is. And then I think this might be my favorite acted scene from. Uh, Emma, Darcy. Emma Darcy, just the anger on her face as she turns around. I mean, what on their her face? face? Excuse me. There you go. I'm sorry, asshole. God, you misogynist, you bigot. <laughs> the but, anger on Emma Darcy's face that they are portraying is yeah. incredible. I, I mean, mean just like, her physical fantastic. acting. Matt Smith's physical acting is definitely like going to be undermined by hers. Oh yeah, but his is great because you can tell like he just feels horrible. Yeah, I mean he lost his stepson, which I think he might feel which bad I, about a little. Bit, I but. think he does love his. I think he does care for all the kids. Yeah, 
I love's a strong word, but yeah, I think care, yeah. I do believe he loves Renera. I think there is love in his heart for her. It might not be like the love we all know. I don't think it's love as much as it is like this is just what it's like Eamon when he was talking about his when he was talking about Helena. He's like, it's honor. Like I could do that. No. Yeah. It's not the same. Have you seen the theory that those are their kids? It's not Eamon's kids or Aegon's kids? That wouldn't surprise me. Like and yeah, theory. that's the end of the episode and the end of season one of House of the Dragon. Do you uh what what's your score for the season? Because we don't have fan questions for this episode because I'm yeah. an idiot. You are an idiot. I don't know, like Eighty-eight. I think I'm going eighty-nine. Nah, yeah. I said if it was a fire finale, I'd give it a ninety. Yeah, you did. I'm going yeah. flat ninety. I, I think it's, I think this was the best episode. This was my favorite episode. Of the this series. is one of my favorite episodes. These last two episodes have been great, and I love they split it up. Episode yeah. nine was just the greens. Episode ten was just the blacks. I, I love. I didn't great. love nine. I enjoyed nine. I give like yeah, I, I like nine a lot. But... I I think this episode was phenomenal. Yeah, I think it brought. It brought so much of the story back together on such a, especially for Game of Thrones and like this universe. Normally, the last two episodes of a season are very big scaled events. Yeah, and this was very small scale until the dragon yeah. fight, but yeah. it's all one place the whole episode until the very end, the yeah. final ten minutes, five minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. So all in all, I think I'm going to give the season ninety. I think it did very good job throwing people into this world that we've never like. We've seen the world because we watched Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and I read the novella. But we haven't seen this side of the world. Yeah, we, we haven't seen, seen this it side of the bad. world. They yeah. were able to do a ten-year time jump in the middle of one season, yeah. and it never fell forced. Yeah. See, I've seen a lot of people saying that they really dislike the time jumps. See, I didn't. Dislike Which I I don't mind. I didn't I mind. Loved it. But at the same time, I feel like we're so involved in everything. We knew they were coming. We knew what episodes was going to be like. Emma Darcy's first episode. Yeah, yeah. we we kind of knew it was coming. I feel like for the regular, for the average viewer. It might be a little jarring. Like, I'm sure when my dad watches this, he's going to ask a lot of questions. But True. at the same yeah, time, I, I think once you figure it out, it's good. Yeah, I feel like it's just like that shock of, like, new people. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's never, like, oh, she doesn't act anything. Like, I like I feel like the castings were yeah perfect. Yeah, I think so. I think Emma Darcy and Millie Alcock were incredible. Mm-hmm. I think Olivia Cook and Emily Carey. Emily Carey were great. Like, they all they look so similar. They acted so well. Yeah. Matt Smith was phenomenal, amazing. and Patty Considine. Yeah, didn't get to see him in the last couple episodes because he sadly died. But still, I mean, he's great. He's the best of the season. Damon's the best of my. I love Damon. I mean, acting wise. Yeah, I think, Patty I think Matt Smith was my favorite. Really, performance. I thought he was great. See, I don't think so. I'd put we, I'd put Emma Darcy and Olivia Cook both. Really, Matt Smith. Because Matt Smith doesn't. Patty Considine's probably number two. I, I, I Constantine's number one to me. I think Matt Smith is lower just because he kind of just has the one face throughout it. Yeah, but that's his whole character. And his yeah, physical acting so good. Yeah, but I'm saying acting ability. Like for me, yeah, acting I guess ability, straight up acting pure... ability, Emma Darcy was Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Olivia Cook was great. Mm-hmm. Emily Carey was so good. And then Millie Alcock was great. Yeah. I'm, I'm I hope to see her do more projects after this. Fabian Frankel was great too. Yeah, he kind of falls I, off towards the end. Like, he doesn't have as much time, stuff yeah. to do. No, he definitely has less to do. But that's also... But he'll come back in the second season yeah. with some fire. But also, just the fact that, like, it's a testament to his acting of how much you like Kristen at first. And, and then they hate him by the end. end. Yeah. That's all That's all him. But yeah, love the season. Love this episode. I thought it was a great way to end the season. Yep. I'm very excited to see where they, this goes next. 
But uh, yeah, is there anything you want to add before we do our suggestion of the week and then get out of here? No, I think just, uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of people saying that they don't want to watch this before they watch Game of Thrones. You can watch this before Game of Thrones. I think you should watch it before Game of Thrones. I wouldn't say should because they have nothing to do with each other. No, I just think it's a, I think this is easier to get into. You think so? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff to watch in Game of Thrones. There's so many characters in Game of Thrones. I feel like that one's a little jarring. I feel like this isn't as jarring. There's a lot of characters because they have. There's so many kids in this though. Yeah, and then they the keep kids aren't the kids aren't names. as important. Yeah, but they keep mentioning the family names and just names. Yeah, I, I, I guess maybe Game and of Thrones. There's three names that sound basically identical. Rhaenyra. Yeah, Rains. I feel like Game of Thrones takes more time to yeah. explain the families and stuff, whereas this one is like you've yeah, already. Yeah, because I guess Game you stay with the Starks for a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. then the Baratheons come with the last. Yeah, yeah the I guess Lanterns. maybe it is a little easier. Yeah, I haven't watched Game of Thrones in a while, yeah. season one. But I definitely think that I enjoyed this more in season one Game of Thrones. No, I, I'd say the same I thing. think this was a better all-around season. Yes. But, uh, yeah, anything else? No. Well, what's your suggestion of the week? Um, well, we finished it now. I'm going to suggest House of the Dragon season one. You can't suggest the show. We just reviewed it. I can't find anything. You can't do Insidious. You just watched all three of them. Yeah, watch Insidious 3. And 3? The scariest one. It was a scary movie. I don't think it's the best one. No, neither do I. I think one's the best. Yeah, I think one's the best still. I'm going to recommend a horror movie as well because we are actually doing our Halloween episode at some point this week as well. Yeah, because we we want want that posted on Monday. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm going to recommend As Above, So Below. Mm. Different different type of horror movie. I I it scared me as a kid, and the older I got, there's some hokey kind of horror in it. But all in all, I think it's a very good. Not very good. I think it's a good horror movie, and it's very good for Halloween. Yeah. So go check that out. I'm 90% sure it's on HBO Max. It also might be on Netflix. But you can also rent it on Amazon Prime. But yeah, that is my little bit. And before we go, I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning into our show, uh, giving us views, letting us know you're enjoying the show by re- reviewing it. We uh, we actually saw our show on a playlist the other day, which was really – Ryan sent me. Yeah. Which was really cool. Was cool. I've seen a couple of them now. Now really? that I've looked up like shows and stuff. So we are showing up on other things, which is cool. And sure. we're in, still in the top 3% of all podcasts, which is insane. Yeah, it's awesome. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. Thank you so much to our sponsor at Manscaped, MoviePosters.com, Vanquishers. Thank you to everyone who helps make this show possible. And uh, yeah, next time, next episode, we will be doing our top 10 horror movies of all time. Yeah, and I'm not gonna enjoy myself. That is true. And I, <sighs> you're not excited, are you? I've only watched like four horror movies now. You watch more than that. Yeah, but I blocked them out of my memory for so long. I don't want to. I don't want to. But we're rehashing that. I don't want to. I don't want to.